0: I I've had some very dark days, man. Very dark days. Like, and you know, it's a. I I've been to like people think depression is bad. Like, right. I've really got to the point at one point in time that suicide was on my mind. And I remember very vividly, like, um, you know, the four or five coming four or five south to the on ramp going to the one hundred five to the right. one hundred five east. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we you know this traffic you know traffic jam and you know this was that well i'm sorry that wasn't after the next knee that was later on in, the AC, in the achilles okay. but at that point in time i that was the time when it got to third injury third you know third injury that's when it got to the point i was thinking of suicide and i literally looked over the uh the uh, expressway and i was literally like yo i wonder what it'll feel to mm-hmm. to just jump off this bridge right now and I literally remember calling my cousin, like, yo, I need help, man. Like, I, this, this basketball stuff is getting to me. Like, yo, I, you know, I, I have no outlet right now to, you know, um, release my pain or, you know, my anxiety. Like, you know, everything is taken away from me. So it's been it when, when, when people say they go through depression and, and dark days from injuries, like, I totally understand it. Like, and it, it's not easy.
1: Welcome to the L.A. Hoop Story Show, where we tell the stories of players and trainers in the L.A. area. We are sponsored by Need to Workout, which is a training company that helps players get faster and stronger and quicker to get better at their individual sport. You can check the company out at Need to Workout TV on Instagram and Twitter. Please enjoy the show. Thank you. All right, y'all, man, I got one of my favorite hoopers, man, Mr. Midrange Handles, all that, man, been playing against this guy for, what's it been?
0: Good minutes. Man. Good minute five, yeah. almost 10 years, yeah. man.
1: Got my boy Aubrey in the building, man, what's the deal? What's going on,
0: man, how you doing?
1: Man, you know I had to bring you through, man, you're an excellent player. Every time I bring you somewhere, people are always asking about you, mm-hmm. this and that, and of course, I know your story is crazy, so let's get into it, man, so basically... How'd you start, man?
0: Growing up, when'd you start hooping?
1: Other sports you might have played growing up? Stuff like that.
0: So, um, originally probably started playing Englewood YMCA about four four or five. -hmm. Yeah, four or five, yeah. First uh, put the ball in my hand, so started from there. Shout out to everybody, Englewood YMCA cats. Um, So, it started from there. Um, I actually was born in Chicago and then uh, got brought out here. So, um, started around four or five and then just been playing ever since. So man, I, I wanted to play I played baseball one year uh-huh. I was trash <laughs> so I was trash, so I had to let that go um, I wanted to play football, but it just i played one year uh pop Warner i mean a uh, little league mm-hmm. and it was just at like, i think nine years old, but then besides that, it was just all basketball from there on out,
1: yeah, and when did you start getting nice like <laughs> what would you say like man i this is something I really could do for real, for real like I'm better than the competition
0: um it actually i'm kind of a late bloomer okay like i never i used to get um growing up like i was always i would hear from other people like i had talent and mm-hmm. skill but it was something for me that i was always scared of crowds i was oh, okay. always i would always get nervous and it was like that 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 fear that frightness mm-hmm. that uh frightening of the the crowd for some reason it would like lock me up a lot of time so I would be scared to mess up a lot of times, mm. so I really never, early on, I didn't really reach my potential to, not my potential, but start opening up and being comfortable probably to like sophomore year of high school. Wow, that's yeah. kind of late. Yeah, so that's before late. that, like I go play and like, you know, I played on good travel teams, mm-hmm. um, good teams all around, and it was just, I was always nervous, so it's like I never really started opening up and become myself until, you know, in high school.
1: That's crazy. That's, like, the first time I heard that. Yeah. I did. I used to have one teammate, he was like that. It was like, bro, we used to be like, you nice, just play. Like, uh-huh. And he used to be like, man, I don't know if I want to play, like, go in right now. And it's like, what the
0: hell? So, I, it used <laughs> to be the fear of messing up. Like, you know, yeah. like, say, like, if you get booed or say, if you, you know, you know you can do this move, but say if you're not necessarily really confident with it and it's like uh-huh. you mess up in the crowd, like, oh, he trash or he not. You know, those, just the fear of messing up held me back a lot.
1: So, I know you train a few kids. Have you run across any kids with that problem?
0: Um, one in particular, um, he hasn't, I feel like he hasn't, it's not necessarily fear of the crowds or feeling messing mm-hmm. up. I just fear is, I don't think he realized how good he can be. Mm-hmm. So, it's like I'm trying to tap into that potential with him and just trying to you know, open him up as far as like, mm-hmm. you know, like you, you actually got talent. Like, you can do something with it. Yeah. You just got to believe in yourself.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's crazy, man. But so going into high school, um, talk about where you went and stuff like that, um, and playing and stuff. What levels you played on? Uh,
0: St. Bernard High School. Shout yeah. out Bernard. You Shout know, out. Sarah K. You know, we don't rock <laughs> with Sarah. We're <So, laughs> not. Uh, went to Bernard. So, um, there was. Uh, you said high school. Then where? Where? Uh,
1: what levels you played at? Um, like oh, you played so freshman, JV, varsity. So
0: yeah, I started off. Uh, they had me on JV, and then yeah, yeah. literally. Um, Two of our big men. I'm the tallest person, of course. So two of our big men on the freshman team was ineligible. So they had me play some games the freshman team. Yeah. So then towards the end of the season, they moved me straight up to varsity, riding the bench. Then you know, but it was just the experience. You know, getting in practices and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So the end of the freshman year uh, was on varsity. You know, we went to state. Uh, went to the CIF championship. Mm-hmm. Went to state playoffs, Lexington State. And then after that, it was just you know take off uh, sophomore year. I was varsity, and from then on out.
1: Okay, so what position you was playing when you first moved up to verse?
0: Uh, The two and the three. You were okay. two and the three. And what years was this? Um, 2000... Dang, it's been long ago. What was the <laughs> high school? Sheesh. 2000... When did I go to high school? Oh, 2003 or 2007. So, 2004 to 2007. was. So, uh, was D. Price there? Yeah, Devin uh, Price. Kenny, shout out D. Price. Kenny. Kenny, Kenny Jones. Um, Kenny Jones is nice. Um uh, D. Price D Price came at the, a year after me because he was at – I think he was at uh, Price at first. He was at Price High School. Okay. He yeah, over. he was nice, man. Yeah. Uh-huh. Shout out D. Price, Price, man.
1: So talk about, like, you know, just being on varsity, man. Talk, first talk about the transition mm-hmm. between the lower level and varsity and then how you did on varsity between your years.
0: So um, the freshman, uh, I didn't really care about that. It was mm-hmm. just because I felt like it was disrespectful when I was supposed to be on JV in the first place. <laughs> just being honest with you, it was like, yeah. okay – I didn't like the whole situation, so it was like they once they moved up to varsity, they was like, okay, I, I could I could relax. So I never got the JV experience really because I, I played what two mm-hmm. games and then got bumped down and then moved back up. But sophomore year, that's when it kind of everything opened up for me because uh-huh. I was the youngest on the team, um, and you know I had no expectations. It was just like go ahead and play. So it was uh-huh. like literally, once you go in there and hoop, it's nothing you can do. It's either fight or flight, and that's yeah, when I first yeah. learned that. So. Um, I started hooping. That's when things started really opening up for me. And, you know, I started blossoming a little bit. And then, you know, it was, then on out, it was like I started getting comfortable more.
1: Okay. So, then you go into your junior year. After you had a year, it's like, okay, I'm here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, talk about that transition between. So, were you starting your sophomore year? How was that? You was coming off the bench? No, I
0: was, I was six man my sophomore Sixth year. Six man. Yeah. So,
1: was you starting your junior year? My junior year. Yeah. Okay. So, talk about that transition. It was like, what you feeling going to your junior year? Like, okay, it's time to really turn up. How was you feeling?
0: honestly I, I gotta keep it a buck with you man uh I started getting distracted mm. chasing the wrong things, like not no you know uh you know violent stuff like that, but just you know the women and stuff like that started <laughs> <laughs> i start that's how I started chasing women so uh my actually my head coach actually told sat down sat down with me in front of everybody the whole team and said, yo you literally can be one of the top players in the state if you just work at it yeah. and he was he told me it, it's unfortunately he said man, women." Don't let women mess with you up. I can see the path of you going down. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, I'm good. Like, it, it was no problem. And I started getting comfortable and thinking, women is, you know, what I want to do. So, basketball was like, I got sidetracked for a good minute. My whole junior year, honestly, I got wow. sidetracked because it was like the attention, the, like, you know, just the, the fun of being a high school athlete, it got <laughs> to me a little bit. So, um, that's a first, man. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it, it distracted me a lot. So, I didn't even really – I didn't live up to the expectation of my junior year. Wow. So, it was playing travel ball, and then um, senior year, I started picking it up. But we ended up going to state playoffs. Uh, we went to CIF. We went to state playoffs. We had a good senior year. We was, like, top eight in the state that year. Uh. So, that's what helped a lot. But, yeah, junior year, sophomore – I mean, junior and uh, senior year, that's when I was starting. And we, we had a squad then. We had we had definitely some uh, some players there. That's crazy because, I, I, I mean –
1: We all had girls, you feel me? Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't, but you know what I'm saying? (laughs) A lot of people had girls, but it was like, the better you hoop, the more chicks you get. Right, right. So, our motivation would be like, damn, if I really go in here and kill, I'm going to get even more chicks. I'm going to get chicks from other schools. That was our motivation. So, seeing that, it it It, went the opposite way for you. I'm like- Backfired, (laughs) man. Backfired. Backfired. You were
0: just just like, man, I'm on the chicks, man. it, It was so bad. And like I said, it- I mean, this is for 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 the youth, the kids, anybody watching out, man. Women will be there, man. Women, will, I sure. promise you, women will be there. And for it sure. was like, uh, the the hard truth I had to face is, I literally had to times that I would go to want to work out or I had to work out, I would say, nah, I'm on the phone. Oh, I'll just go work out tomorrow, or um, I can wait, or I'm good enough, I'm fine. And that definitely wasn't the case. Like you know, the competition <laughs> started like like okay, I'm just or safe. I'm, I'm supposed to get like 10 to 12 shots a game, I'm only getting five to six because it's like, okay, I'm not putting to work. My confidence level is like not not getting reps up, stuff like that. So um, the women can wait. All, to all of your kids and the youth, the women can wait, man. <laughs> yeah, I can they, hear that.
1: they for sure can wait, man. Yeah. They always going to be there. They still here and we owe Right, right, exactly. So um, talk about your senior year. How did you play? And then talk about possibly getting recruited if you were recruited. Um, How did that go?
0: So um, senior year, the – um, how we like I said, the state play, went to state playoffs, went to um, CIF championship. Um, we lost the CIF championship to Pasadena, um, so that helped my resume a lot just from mm-hmm. you know, like being on the winning team. So then uh, the AAU teams I played for um, helped, and then so going to recruiters. So actually, it was funny a lot of people don't really know this. I don't know if a few people know this, but I actually had some strength pulled for me, and I was going to UVA. So when mm-hmm. I was going to UVA, it didn't, in Virginia, it didn't work out. Some things happened, whatever. So then I ended up going to Hampton. So when I ended up playing at Hampton, same thing. I kind of got distracted, chasing the wrong things. I haven't learned my lesson all the way yet. <laughs> so um was at Hampton, you know, things were rocking out. Um, and I started noticing, like, yo, I'm not in a rotation. What's going on? Like, so that's when it finally clicked on me, dawned on me, Like, shut everything out. My sophomore year, shut everything out no women no distractions just hoop like if even if on the weekends all my all my homies going out just hoop go go to the mm-hmm. gym work out so um that's how that started and then I ended up transferring to Robert Morris in Chicago so then once I transferred to to Robert Morris that's when I was more motivated more disciplined cause I was like I want to hoop for a living so yeah. that's when it turned into like okay lock in nothing else can distract me but just all basketball yeah
1: and, and i noticed like you you more towards that way still now mm-hmm. so what do you tell kids? I mean, you already kind of had, you know, tell them a little bit. So what would you just – to add on to what you said earlier, what would you say to kids about being focused, um, reaching your potential, stuff like that?
0: So it's pretty much – I tell them I – I, de- I always tell every time I train a kid and I mm-hmm. could tell when they're, like, kind of distracted with other things or, say, when we're walking to start working out or – say, in the middle of working out or leaving a workout, you could tell if they're picking up their phone or, mm-hmm. you know, if they're talking, like, say, if I'm working out two kids at a time and what they're talking about, what their conversation based on, I always tell them, man, stay focused. Let, I, I learned the hard way. Just yeah. I still, you know, managed to do what I wanted to do for a living, but still it's all that stuff could wait. And it's like, you know, I've been there. We all been there in high school, mm-hmm. you know, seeing, you know, experiencing what they're going through now. So it's like I always tell them to stay focused. That's going to be there, man. It's, it's not going away. It's, if anything's going to get better.
1: Yeah. So talk about um, Just your college career How did you do Like between Hampton Robert Morris Like how did you hoop um, Stats Stuff like that
0: So uh, When I Pretty much I was really Playing at Robert Morris uh-huh. So um, I averaged 11 my junior year And then 11 No 12 my junior And then like 11 points On my uh, My senior mm. So um, Our junior year Was Great Like really mm. good um, After that it was, you know, it was up and down. It was just a lot of transfers in, transfers out. Just it was just it was rocky. Mm-hmm. So um, luckily, I my junior year, I only played my the second half of the season because my eligibility rules, my mm-hmm. eligibility uh, transfer rules and stuff like that. So I only played the second half of the season. So um, it was it was a bit rocky my, my senior year. But after that, after that, um, what I think was that maybe four months I was able to play. Um, after that was the transition and going pro was literally, well, the injuries. That's when the injuries start hitting me. So Okay, okay. So, um um my, after transfer from Hampton I went to Robert Morris, my first year, I tore my left ACL. Mm. And um I was supposed to be in the starting rotation and everything like that. That was a big blow cuz like I finally locked in to, you know, mm-hmm. do what I wanted to do for basketball and be serious. Mm-hmm. And literally it got snatched away that fast. So mm-hmm. That's that's what happened. So, then I ended up tearing my second ACL, my right one, after my senior year at Robert Morris. Mm-hmm. So, then, um, you know, the, the the thoughts of, like, oh, what's next? What am I going to do? You know, how am I going to play? Uh, if I'm going to hoop again, those thoughts started coming in. So, then, after that, um, it was another string that got pulled for me um, when I had some people in my corner and, you know, just mentor, mentorship. Um, they had me some private workouts with some NBA, you know, NBA clubs. So, literally, that's how it took off. And one of the workouts, um, one of the – he was a European player. His agent was in there. And he asked me, like, yo, where are you playing? Like, uh, what's, what's your situation? I told him I just came from an ACL injury. And he was like, yo, you need to be signed now. So, then he called the team. And, uh, my first year was – a well, I went to Mexico first for uh, two mm-hmm. months. But then my real – First a year was Republic of Georgia, right under uh, Russia. Mm-hmm. And he called the uh, the GM of the team, and they called me two days later. like, yeah, we want to sign you. So.
1: Man, that's a whole lot right now, uh, right there. So, first with the injuries, I've been injured before. I just tore my ACL once. So, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm in a one-time club. <laughs> right. So, talk about the mindset behind that, because I know for me, it was kind of like just questioning everything. Mm-hmm. Like, when you first tear it, it's like, man, am I – gonna be the same like talk about how you was feeling when the, the first time
0: the first time like i said earlier it was it was so hard because i worked so hard to get to that point and like mm-hmm. finally locking in and being focused excuse me mm-hmm. on basketball so then for not to get it taken away from me i remember when i first got the call i was at my cousin's house and i didn't actually when i first tore it i was so like my adrenaline was rushing so much i didn't realize what happened i just knew i couldn't really walk mm-hmm. so the, the thoughts were like, man, I'm good. I told my uh, trainer, I said, yo, just tape off tape the uh, the knee and I'll be fine. Let's, you know, just get the hoop. And they was literally like, yo, something ain't right. So when I remember when I first, I got the MRI, I got the call, like, um, that, you know, your ACL's torn you out for, you know, 9 to 12 months. I literally just broke down crying. And I remember it was like, this all I want to do is hoop. Yeah. Like, why is this happening now? At this point in time, I finally just, you know, the basketball guys, I did what I wanted to do, you know, mm-hmm. just cut all our distractions. You know, I'm eating right. And, it, you know, it was just a big blow. So the yeah. first one was, you know, it was tough. Like, you know, but I had a, I had a good support system with, behind mm-hmm. me. So, you know, they made sure I stayed focused and, you know, got back to playing again.
1: So I was the same way. I broke down too, man. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what was going to happen. I was like, blow, man. man. And I was in junior college, so it was like, damn. Going forward I don't know but the one thing I did learn is you gotta just go hard every every day like people even see me now working down and stuff on the gram and stuff and it's like I just appreciate being able to work out like nah, you fact. just you just appreciate everything more when you mm-hmm. get especially that injury
0: because it's been taken from you yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so
1: it's like me even practice stuff I hated like mm-hmm. training like running cardio I, I learned to love all that stuff right. so like when kids now they get with me I'm like bro you you don't like none of the stuff, but if it was taken away from exactly.
0: you, exactly, man, you couldn't say, <laughs> hey, you couldn't say no better than that, because if it's once it gets taken from you, with with and it's not your choice, it's not like mm-hmm. okay, when you're done hooping and just things happen, like all right, whatever. But when it's like you want to play, you're able to play, and then it's just like done. And you know, growing up, like that's like normally our outlet, like you know, we get yeah. with the hoop. Say something going on with our with our parents, or you know, our mom getting in trouble, or our dad, or. Bro, find a brother, something to school. We go dribble the ball. We go shoot around yeah. at the park. Something, but it's like you can't do nothing. It's like what is the another? What is another outlet you have? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. The, you, same thing you said with the kids. It's like y'all really don't understand it. You got to take it from you. You you learn to cherish you more.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. So that that's the main thing when I'm training anybody, like kids especially. Like man, take it serious, man. Like put your all into it because when you're done, you want to be able to say, man, I did everything I could. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Versus, damn, I was. I was I was kind of going hard and I got hurt. I wish I could go back and, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But now that's one, we both on one injury. Right. But you came back and you got that second one. So how did that that's a whole another category.
0: Man, listen, I I've had some very dark days, man. Very dark days like and you know it's a I I've been to like people think depression is bad, like Right. I really got to the point at one point in time that suicide was on my mind, and I wow. remember very vividly, like, um, you know, if the four or five coming four or five south to the on ramp going to the one hundred five to right. the one hundred five east. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we, was, you know, there's traffic, you know, traffic jam, and you know, this was that. I'm sorry, that wasn't after the next knee. That was later on in AC in Achilles. Okay. But at that point in time, I that was the time when it got to. Third injury, third you know, third injury. That's when it got to the point I was thinking of suicide, and I literally looked over the uh, the uh, expressway, and I was literally like, "Yo, I wonder what it'll feel to Mm. to jump off this bridge right now." And I literally remember calling my cousin, like, "Yo, I need help, man. Like, this this basketball stuff is getting to me. Like, yo, I you know, I I have no outlet right now to you know um, release my pain or you know my anxiety. Like, you know, everything is taken away from me. So." It's been it when 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 people say they go through depression and, and dark days from injuries, like I totally understand it. Like, it's, it, it's, it's not easy.
1: It's definitely true because it's just it's it's so much uncertainty. Man. Mm-hmm. Just even me going through it one time, it was just like, damn, am I gonna be the same player? Man. Like, is these dudes go? They passing me up? They got all this time to catch me? And where is my career going? Mm-hmm. Like, you are overseas when stuff was happening, right? And then. This around the time when I was first meeting you, it was like, man, this dude is amazing. And it's like, he got a chance to go. Like, he going to represent all of us. Appreciate and then he get hurt. Like, we was like,
0: dude.
1: even us, we were, it wasn't even our injury. And we was all hurt. Like, me, Vinay, all of us. Yeah, was like, Aubrey was the one, bro.
0: And it's like, it crazy because you saying that is literally like when you said earlier, or just recently saying, um, you start doubting yourself in uncertainty. It's not only just you being uncertain it's then other people get the doubt he's like man is he gonna be the same is he gonna you know be able to play again or what's next so you know even the, the worst thing is like you got to believe yourself on that because <clears> the outside <throat> can get to you too so it's Correct. like especially like you know and it, it, it turned into a point in time like yeah the support like y'all saying like man like yo heard you know what Dang, that sucks it turns into not necessarily you vene or people like that but it's like it goes from dang injured man i hope he get better i can't wait to get better okay he cool then so many injuries, people start saying, like, man, you just need to do something else, or, um, you know, get into coaching, or, uh, mm-hmm. or you just go into another pass. So then it's like, man, all those thoughts is like, I know I can still hoop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I want to hoop.
1: So, from you specifically, I want to know how you feel about <laughs> when they talk about injury prone players. Like, how do you feel about that? Because you the the greatest person to have an opinion on that. Man, I
0: need to write a book on this. Yeah, Steve you didn't to-
1: <laughs> 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 been through. <clears throat> catastrophic injuries.
0: So I feel like the thing is and I I, with obviously trial and error um, getting injured is one thing you know that's in sports and it's inevitable but one thing I feel like I could have done to prevent that is stretch more Mm. because you know first of all he got a crazy work ethic I know his work ethic (laughs) but you know how we work though so it's like we work out so hard and you know extreme and strenuous. I never stretched. I hated oh, wow. stretching. I hated stretching. Wow. So it's like people will be like, you know, when I'm training other places, they're like, man, you're doing too much. You go too hard. It's like first of all, it comes from. I didn't learn at the first, maybe not even second injury. Like okay, start stretching more, getting more flexible, uh, be, be more mobile. um I'm still, you know, revving it up. Like, man, I got this taken away from me. I'm about to go, go even harder. Yeah, so it's like, I'm, go, I'm revving man. the workouts even more. But then it comes down to, I'm so uh, drained after the workouts, I wouldn't stretch. I just, you know, probably do it like, Okay, like one little thing. Then I'm like, all right, I'm tired, shower, and it's over mm-hmm. with. So my body starts stiffening up, and I, you know, start. it wasn't as flexible as it should have been. So mm-hmm. then it trickled on down the line from... You know, and that's when I started learning about my body more as far as Mm -hmm. uh, what functions right properly, you know, what Mm -hmm. needs to be, you know, more limber than other things.
1: Yeah, um, it's a pro Pooh Jeter. You know Pooh, right? Yeah, I know Pooh. uh-huh. He does, like, hella stretching, Mm -hmm. yoga. He doesn't even lift that much. Like, I was watching his routine one time. It was amazing. And it's another guy. He's, like, a workout guru. His name is David Goggins. And Mm -hmm. he does, like marathons he runs hella miles he does hella he does hella stuff like he's an incredible person mm-hmm. he stretches for two hours a day really oh, so like see. he'd go to the woods and they'd be running they would run like 10 miles that day or something yeah, and then he and then the other people they'd be ready to go home they be like eh, let's go celebrate or whatever he's like i gotta go back to my hotel and stretch two hours it's because he does so much so it's like when you put your body through that especially when you weightlifting and you you turn muscle fibers, and they have to recruit to get right. bigger. Uh-huh. You have to stretch, like you have to ice. Like I tell kids, I don't care if you're not hurt, still ice. <laughs> right, you gonna, uh-huh. you gonna appreciate it when you get thirty. Yeah. Like uh-huh. ice, stretch, do some dynamic after your workout. Take it serious, mm-hmm. like. Act like it's the game. Right. And that's what I'm hearing from you. That's something you learned because now oh. you stretch a
0: lot. Oh, I'll do, I'll do all that. Like, everything. <laughs> you like, be like, I, Ty, I can't work out. I got to go stretch. Yeah, right. I'm doing everything because like I, I can't afford anymore. anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, and back to what you said, even about the injury prone. It's not necessarily, I don't feel like an injury prone. It's things that I feel like players maybe don't understand that could be prevented. Like I said, for me, it was stretching. Others, it might have been. You know, like they need to strengthen more stuff. You know, mm-hmm. or you know, just or or lighten the workload. So, mm-hmm. um, and it was sucky because you know uh, the Derek Rose situation that mm-hmm. that always weighed heavy on me because like that's a mental things when you come back from injury. You know, it's mental more than anything. It's
1: 100 hundred. So how
0: they were so hardcore on him, like man, come back, come back. It's like his game is so his style of play is so herky jerky and you know, yeah, dynamic and cutting a lot. It's like if he ain't mentally ready for that. People on the outside, you know, the, the casual fan, they won't understand what's going on. Like, yeah. man, he's struggling mentally. Like, that confidence is big when it comes to hooping, especially when yeah, it comes yeah.
1: from injury. It's crazy. I think about, it was like a, a week ago, one of his teammates got hurt, mm-hmm. and they were interviewing him, and they, they was asking about it, and he didn't know. And the dude, Derrick Rose, damn near started tearing
0: up. Uh, the big man, the big yeah, man. Yeah, but uh-huh. his teammates, yeah.
1: he, he didn't been through so much. And also, going back to your suicide point, it was times where D. Rose left his team for like months and people were so critical of him. It was like, dude, he was just going through so much and people don't understand when you have injuries and people have all these high expectations for you. He was supposed to be in the hall of fame. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? For him to just reinvent himself, like us going through stuff. We know like that's big, that's big, bro. Cause we would, it's, it's people that, been through you, what you've been through or what I've been through would've quit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I didn't. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, I didn't have four or five PRP shots in both knees. Mm-hmm. I only tore my ACL once, but I didn't bend through foot injuries. It's like I didn't see my. I, I went from here. You didn't see me. I went mm-hmm. from here to all the way down here. Like
0: <laughs> I ain't, you, you ain't that little. <laughs> yeah,
1: but you know, I went from a guy who was nice to right. I just go and get rebounds now. Right. Like a lot of people, I'm like man, you know. So they what you talking about the mental part. It's it's definitely tough, bro. So D Rose was
0: definitely one, but a
1: thing in his case was
0: like how you land. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's big too. See, that's what I'm saying. Things like it's little things, like you know, that's another thing, landing. Yeah. Um, we don't understand and We don't grow up getting taught how to land. We just yeah. think how to jump high and run fast. So yeah, the the, the 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 functionality and the technical things that come with jumping, it's a lot. It's a lot. So like, especially and he's you know springing he's up. up. Sometimes like, one leg a lot of it. So. Sh- that weighs a lot. That land that takes a lot of wear and tear on your knees and, you know, joints and stuff. Cause
1: Dennis Smith Jr. had that problem. He used to land crazy. And it's like, bro, just me tearing my thing one time, tearing my landing? I am like, no. Yeah, uh huh, exactly. Like, d Dway was great. He used to know. He used to fall. Uh-huh. And after I got injured, I learned how to fall like that. Fall, man, fall on your
0: chest. That's big though when you think about it, yo. Like, because I, I I watch TV the same way when I'm an old like. Don't do it like that. No, no exactly.
1: like Zion did it a couple weeks ago. He landed. I was just like, dude, you jumping too high? Because you remember the um, the Gordon Hayward injury, the first dude. game of the season.
0: Yeah, when he ankle and he whatever.
1: jumped. And it was like, sometimes when the, when it's too high, the lob's too high, just let it go. Mm-hmm. Like, if you jump your highest, anything that breaks your jump, mm-hmm. I didn't even want to. Once I see your jump broken, it's like, bro, the way you come down is you. It's up to the guys man. Now. Exactly. There's like, nothing literally, you can do about it. Mm-hmm. Like, me, I'm going to try to catch myself and I'll break my wrist. That's like six to eight weeks. Right. But if you come down your legs.
0: You can legs, still move around, too. Yeah. You if know you come saying? down your legs,
1: yeah, man. Like, so yeah, injuries is tough and you definitely been through, been through it. So, um, crazy. I definitely want to go back to the overseas. You talked how you got to Georgia. Mm-hmm. So, um, just expand more on that. It's a lot of guys who's trying to go overseas. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily know the process. So talk about the process if you can a little bit.
0: So, um, so I've been playing for five years. Um, the first year was the, you mean the process or actually being over there?
1: I'm, I'm going to talk about both, but I want to talk about the process. So, there's people, like, they want to get it overseas. Mm-hmm. It's like, what would you advise them? Like
0: Game film. See, the thing is, this how the uh, generations are now, mm-hmm. they literally, when I went over there, I found out that they are big on game film and um, YouTube stuff. So, it's literally like they'll ask me, because uh, I went over, obviously, you know, the situation. I told you, like, I got, I had an agent, and he, you know, signed me over there. So I found out they will ask me, like, say, for example, if, uh, a big man. You know, you got you have a big man that's a friend mm-hmm. that can hoop. So it's like, say, if you don't have a big man that's able to hoop. They literally will go on YouTube and look up people that's you know, say, for example, um, six, eight and taller. They'll look up those things on YouTube and try to see um, what they like and who they, you know, who will fit in their system. So nowadays, it's, you know, the area is social media and mm-hmm. YouTube and stuff like that. So that's a big thing for Uh, players over there because it's like they want to see what they're getting before you know because anybody can say i got a player that's good any black sack you know i know somebody so it's literally like game film so first of all sign an agent you know but even when you sign an agent it's not just up to the agent like you still have to do some legwork yourself because it's like say if you have an agent or even a big agency he's representing just say minimum at least 10 to 20 people Mm -hmm. so All 10 or 20 people have to get him a job. If he gets them a job, that's how he eats. That's how he provides for his family. Mm -hmm. So he's not going to be just focused on one player or focused on you. Unless you like LeBron James. You can say, I got Mm -hmm. LeBron. You know, boom. But you still have to – the time that you you think he's working, also do your own legwork. Reach out to team. Mm -hmm. Reach out to um, connections and networks. Like with your friends, even, uh, you know, say – so if you have friends that play overseas, reach out to them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just, um, what's your coach talking about? You know, what's uh, what's the situation with the other imports? Things like that. So literally mm-hmm. mine, uh, thankfully, was the traditional way from, you know, um, having an agent get signed over there and getting flown out that way. Mm-hmm. But I've learned it's there is multiple different ways with game film and um, uh, uh, Insta- Instagram, too. They watch those Instagram stuff. Yeah. So they do definitely do that.
1: How important would you say an agent is?
0: It's yeah, it's 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 important, but it's not everything. And the reason I say that is because they're already normally the agent is already in that realm, in that field, so it's like they have a more reputable they have a reputation. You know, mm-hmm. that's like okay, like uh okay, he sent me this player before, so I trust his word or I trust his judgment. So it's like if you if that agent has a reputable is is reputable, then it's easier for you to get a job if you sign with him. But not all agents are reputable. So Mm. um, some, you know, they just say, say if you send a player, um, say Billy and Tom, you say you send Billy and Tom to Russia and it don't work out with both of them. Then it's like if you sign with that agent, it's like Mm. this agent send me Billy and Tom. I'm not going to trust Andrew now because Andrew might not be good now. So it's like then that kind of hurts you thing, but you actually might be better than Billy and Andrew. I mean, Billy and Tom.
1: So, what I'm hearing from you is, like, you gotta take it as, you gotta be your own business. Exactly. So, if you playing in these leagues, the Drew, or whatever, pay for that little game tape. Mm-hmm. You know, either put it together yourself, pay a cameraman to put it together.
0: It's you- funny you say that, because literally, that's my, after the fourth Achilles, like, boom, on paper, knee, knee, Achilles, Achilles. Mm-hmm. On paper, for any team, any gym, owner, age, even a new agent, that's not a good look. So it's like, man, can he even last a full season? Right. So literally, what got me my last, and I talked to the owner and the gym when I first got over there. Um, but my last gig literally was because I played in the Drew. My, after I came back from the last Achilles injury, I played in the Drew, and I was at, talking to my phone uh, on the phone to my cousin, and I said, "Man, should I buy this game film? Should I get this game film?" Mm. He said, "Man, why not? Why like you not? know, what I'm saying, exactly. like you don't want to. You never know what it can do." So I end up getting a game film, and then I end up start uh, making some vlogs. So just to document the process of you know coming back from injury, like the, the you know what goes into the rehab process and things like that. Um, and I actually got signed because I, obviously I played in that country already. So mm-hmm. the uh, owner was like, "Yo, we signed you because we seen your progress on the vlogs, and then you playing in the Drew league." Wow. So he literally was like, "Yo, that's why we signed because you like I obviously I already knew who you were, mm-hmm. but." that's like that showed me that you're still able to play that you're able to you're functional you know mm-hmm. you're not you know running uh timidly you're gingerly anything he's like yo you actually are still functional so like that's how we signed you so did you give your your, your guy some bread for that man uh, no nah, it's my family so he <laughs> okay. know he's straight with it's my cousin it's my my first cousin so he was like really? man i told you i knew it. see and i was like I, I, man i thank god every day for that because like i literally was like man because it was like, you know, Drew, they be taxing for them game film.
1: Yeah, it's like, what was it, 75? Man, yes,
0: man. Per game, It's per it's game. OD. So, it was like, you know, man, I spent a little bit. Do br- no deals or nothing. No, nah, it's because he know everybody. Need, you know what I'm saying? You want it or need it. Even you if you don't need, need it. it. So, it's literally like, it, it paid out. It, it definitely, it was worth it.
1: Yeah, man. It's crazy. I was just reading this story. It was about a baseball guy. Mm-hmm. And he he was playing in like an independent league and he didn't have no film, so his dad started filming him. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, he was working for Uber at the time, mm-hmm. and he was doing Uber, and he was getting paid like $500 to 1000 mm-hmm. for this independent league. Then his dad started filming, and eventually the Twins picked him up, and he went to like A or something. Really? And then he ended up making it to major leagues. I think he started a playoff game last year, and now wow. he just got a contract for like $9 million. Dang. You know how baseball is. So, nine million ain't nothing, but for us, it's like. Yeah, I do. that's still good. <laughs> yeah, but, but it all was that's because his dad started filming his mm-hmm. games. You know what I mean? So, you talking about taking it as a business, is it is important, man, because it's like now we're seeing these high schoolers with super Instagram of right, man. followers. Mm-hmm. They ain't got any program they want to. Right. You know what I mean? That's the era we just missed out on because we was a little bit older. But now it's like you you have to take advantage of it.
0: That's big. We got to adjust, too. Like got to adjust. people growing up, you got to adjust to it. Because, like, even when I started, that's what actually took me so long to the fourth injury. Um, I should have probably documented or did things like that before. But me started documenting because I was like, man, I don't need to show people, like, what I'm going through. Like, you know, I just, you know, people like to work in silence sometimes. So just grind until you get to where you want to go. And then, okay, then I'll show people. But... I was literally one of those hard heads in the beginning, like, man, I don't wanna do that. Like yeah. you gotta you gotta think. I gotta uh when I get to a gym, you gotta um uh find a videographer to come at that certain time. You right. know, you gotta have a trainer to rewrite. <laughs> it's like scheduling just to get It's saying? a whole business. It's a lot, but it's, it's actually worth business. it, and that's normal nowadays. Yeah. And it took me a while to like be like, yo, that's what, you know, if you wanna get pictures for the gram or a a workout,
1: yeah. you know, you gotta schedule all that. You gotta schedule all that. And it's like we enjoy that though right uh-huh. you know what i mean i don't know if you used to watch state of nate nate robinson yeah, uh-huh. you used to have a whole he was like one of the first ones and right. like every morning i would watch that before i go work out uh-huh. and it's like but we thinking i don't want to show off my workout i don't want these dudes to know what i'm doing or what i'm going mm-hmm. through and it's like people want to see that right you know what i mean exactly so it's like and also another tip you can actually make it a business like a lot of people don't know this but you can set up a business around what you're doing mm-hmm. so when you do pay for game tape it becomes a write-off. Right, When exactly. you do be, pay your videographer, it's a write-off. Oh, hold on. So, I didn't know that part. Yeah. No, I didn't know that. All this stuff I bought for the podcast, it's a write-off, bro. Uh, you can actually start a business, you know what I mean? Uh, and it's called a Schedule C on your on your taxes. This is a little, a little bit of game. <laughs> free man. game. free this game, a free game. My cameraman know he write-off all his stuff. He went oh, from I having... It. It. I ain't oh. going to tell his business, but he... We'll, he, we'll talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But you, you could definitely, like... Having a side business is one of the most important things in America. You know oh, what I mean? I know yeah, I not Yeah. So, for somebody else that's going to follow in your footsteps, mm-hmm. they could do it even better and save themselves some money right. or get it back at the end of the year. Right. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's some game for y'all. But, uh, oh, fuck Following up uh, overseas. So, how did you play? Like, talk about going through the years. How did you play? How you, was, you know, was you dogging out there? Or-
0: I was so, the well, thing is, what well, we, first of all, Europe is totally different than American basketball. 100%. Totally different. And if you can't shoot, you're not making it. That's why I never went. <laughs> <laughs> you can actually shoot, though. You got that bank shot, that glass. can shoot no more. To, oh, no more. Okay, that's what we were talking about back then. But <laughs> literally, if you can't shoot, you can't make it. Because everything, you know how we play, everything is spaced out. Mm-hmm. People here don't normally play help defense. So it's like you can really do what you want to do more, you know, 90% of the time. In Europe, they are packed in that paint. Man. So – then, on my – uh I was always told, okay, I, I have the ability to play the point guard, but I just never really played it. You know, every now and then I bring the ball up in high school or in college mm-hmm. or whatever. But Europe, that's when they moved me to the point guard. Mm-hmm. So, my first full year playing point guard was in uh, Europe. And when you, when I say it's not just as a point guard going there and get buckets or do what you want to do. They will cut you out and bench you if you're not getting people involved. Mm-hmm. So, probably the first – I would say maybe like six to eight games. I, it was rough because I'm like, yo, I know I could take him off the dribble. Or if I come off the pick mm-hmm. and roll, oh, you mid-range, that's pull-up. Yeah. Nah, swing, swing, you know, things like that. Yeah. So I had to learn the hard ways like that. And it was like, it was rough because I'm like, yo, I'm American. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm more athletic than him. I'm faster yeah, than him. I can do this. Yeah. And it's not like that. So once I adjusted to the fact of Europe is more – at the extra pass or more team oriented, it got smoother for me. So uh, my first year in Europe, we ended up going to the championship. We won. A, we lost in game five of the championship. We won a cup championship. It was big out there, and I was an all star. So mm. we had a squad. So it worked out perfectly. I adjusted. I um, mm-hmm. adjusted you know fairly quickly. You know for you know within the first you know eight games of playing point guard. So um, but yeah, that was that was when I was most athletic. I got all my athleticism back. Um so I had we had a really good team and I did really good. So
1: yeah, so um when Luca first came over here, he was like, Man, yeah, playing the NBA is oh, easy. It's sweet, it's sweet.
0: And it's like <laughs> I understand it. Cause even it's funny because even after that, even after my first year in Europe, I got a D league workout for the defenders. So um when we put it started putting through some drills, I literally learned coming off the point guard, like, why is everything so open? Like, you know, normally if you come out the pick and roll, it's a big man there, somebody helped there. Literally, the other defender on the help side is all the way on the other wing. No defensive, no seconds. defense three seconds. Yeah. yeah, so it's like literally, I was able to carve and cut in just you know swing, swing and or get a layup. It was so easy. But mm. imagine somebody's Lucas talent, his caliber. This oh, yeah. is nothing he, he to he him. Walk
1: into the crib. It's
0: nothing to him. So that's what's like. People say, oh, he's slow or um, he's not athletic or not. That don't mean nothing because he's smarter. He's able to see. It's instead of dealing with. Three people watching him, he's dealing with Mm -hmm. one and maybe a help. Maybe if they you know if that defender wants to help today. So it's like it's this is cake for him.
1: Yeah, 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 man. That having being able to play zone or having somebody in the key is especially me, because I'm a driver. So Uh it's like you know the difference. Right. And going overseas, that's why a lot of players that go overseas, they come back they're way more structured. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even when they go to open runs, they want it to be a certain type of way. They exactly. want it to be basketball. Good basketball. Good basketball. They don't want it to be like a dude is dribbling and taking all step backs like on some James Harden stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, so, yeah, hearing that from you, it's like, yeah, if you go to Europe, you got to be able to make that extra pass. You got to be able to shoot. Like you They'll gotta- send
0: you home. Because I've seen players get sent home. Like, right. You know what I'm saying? I've seen, like, okay, You, I'm talking about the worst one I've seen they literally, and this is it's so cutthroat over there. So he flew in. On, I'm gonna say he flew in on a Sunday.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: From he came from a, a another country, flew in from on Sunday. Monday we had a scrimmage, just you know, inter squad scrimmage. Um, he didn't know no plays, no nothing. But he ne- wasn't necessarily a shooter. So once they figured it out, they didn't even give him a chance to warm up, get your legs right, nothing. The next day, like yo, where you want to go? Like we, but you, uh, we 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 cutting you. And so it's like I've seen people come in and get wow. cut. Like it's cutthroat, man. So yeah. It, it, it's is tough crazy. mentally, mentally, it, it, it's tough,
1: and um, it's also a difference between countries. Like, so I, you, we sometimes with Graham see people going to di- like Japan or something mm-hmm. or going to China. It's like it depends on what country you go mm-hmm. to, but if you go to one of them European countries, it's gonna be like what you talking about. Yeah, it's
0: it's <laughs> it's very, very few and far between as far as like you know, the Asian countries, mm-hmm. the um, uh, Middle Eastern countries, those are like okay, get bucket score, yeah, we but, but, exactly. you know, they want American style, but you're like. They want yo, you might get lucky when somebody over over twenty. Yeah, and that's normally those are the players that's on like on a on a terrible bottom teams, where it's like, okay, we all all we need you to score. But mm-hmm. the top tier teams, like like say if it's uh 12 teams in the in a league, one through seven, one through six, it's literally like average scoring and base scoring, like maybe the highest of 17, 15 is the like highest. College. Yeah. So it's like it's more structured, swing that ball like yeah f- pass up a a a good shot for a great shot.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and talk about your development after that. Like how did you how do you feel like your that helped your game or did it hurt it?
0: So it helped, but because of the skills that I had, like I had athleticism, but my game wasn't based off athleticism. So right. once the injuries really start piling up, it um getting that experience early on like you know figuring out how to, you mm-hmm. know, uh, play the right way or play the European way more so. Um it helped me because I was able to slow down a little bit and process things and read and read more rather than just playing off, you know, talent, you know, mm-hmm. just playing because we grew up playing. So um, it helped me once I, you know, the injuries happened, I slowed down a little bit more. My body slowed down. Um, it was actually easier to start reading what's going on and digesting how, you know, how I want to play now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a hard transition because it was like my skill set was made to play that way anyway.
1: Right. And just me, you know, being an observant, I think – of course, before all you know, some of the stuff happened. It was like, man, he could blow by me. Mm-hmm. But now it's more like he could get to a spot, and I could play great defense, and it doesn't matter.
0: I mean, it's crazy. That's all I can do is get to my spot. Yeah, like I'm. It's funny. I'm working on athleticism now. This, right, this, right, right, this, Since the pandemic, stopped, I've been working on athletics to get it back. But before that, it was literally just get to my spot. It wasn't no. Even in Europe, you would think the Europeans are slow. I was slower than them when I first got over there. Like wow. uh, from the from the injuries. And, yeah, of and, course. Literally I'll be like, oh, this is nothing. Oh, and they cut me off. And I'm like, hold on, what's going on? Like and I'll try again or swing that swing that pill. Yeah. So it's like, but learning how to play and use angles and you know getting to your spots or you know, using um um being smart in the defense a lot of times that that's been helping me.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. That's definitely dope, man. So I always ask um everybody a certain question. Or first of all, let me ask, um, what motivated you to keep going after the injuries, and what motivates you now to keep playing?
0: A uh, few things. So, originally I, would, I did one after injury, after Every injury, the first thought is, "Man, no, I'm done. I'm quitting, I'm mm-hmm. done. But then probably after three days of the, you know, the misery goes away, mm-hmm. um, it's like something in me just won't let me stop. I, I didn't figure out what it was at first. Something mm-hmm. just wouldn't let me stop. It's like, next thing you know, I'm like, man, I hate basketball, I hate basketball. You know, once I'm able to, you know, uh, sit down in the chair at the crib, I'm just dribbling the ball. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, why am I doing this? But it's like, mm-hmm. someone let me go. Someone let me let it go. So, um, then I started realizing I have my cousin, uh, Jeff, who's living through me. So, he has a backstory and things that, you know, he didn't necessarily get a shot to play basketball because, you know, life issues. So... He lives through me, and it's mm-hmm. like I know he wants to play basketball. He wants to experience these type of things. So, I actually, got him in Europe last year. Like mm, um, he came to see. Finally, came to play in uh, Europe. Well, before pandemic, he got to see me play over there. So it was like those things. I know he wants those experiences. He wants to because he didn't get his fair shot at it. So that kept me going. Then after like, the injuries started piling up. It was literally like, yo, this is I'm literally one the only player to deal with all four of these and still play. Literally. The literally. only person. So it's like,
1: maybe of all time.
0: Of, so I'm saying, so it's like, <laughs> then I feel like, man, I had, then it was like, I gotta play because people have injuries, but they, you know, they go out not on their own terms. So it's like, to play again, that's accomplishment in, in itself. It so is. like, I wanna be that person to do that. So then, um, I'm, you know, I got people watching, looking up to me. I got kids watching, you know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, even I'm, us, man. This, even the homies, like, yo, yeah. I wanna say, like, man, that boy crazy. Like, I don't know what he doing, but that boy crazy. He's still playing. So, like, man. that gives me a rush. Like, yo, to say that, you know, like, you know, people I either shock people or, you know, I make people proud. Like, man, he still went at it.
1: Yeah, man, it was crazy that seeing you play that year in a Drew, man, that was such a proud moment for me just even as a hom- as a homie. Like, damn, he just out there. He played a full season. And he was with the youngins helping them mm-hmm. out. It was just – it was so amazing to see. I think the first day we seen each other, and we was like, "Oh, right, we, huh? we hug like we ain't seen each other in five years." Like I was like, "Damn, I get to see the homie hoop again!" Right. Like, and and you did your thing, like you know what I mean. It wasn't like the old days where you was just right, going crazy, uh-huh, but yeah. it was still like it was some games you was like, "Damn, he went in there and got 14. Like right. it was just, it was, it was do like doing hey, what I can, man. And, and you got you got another gig off of right, that exactly. So that was so amazing. So it is motivating to see somebody who goes through injuries, like, man, just tell them tell him all the
0: injuries. Tell them, like. Man, well, I, listen, ACL, ACL, Achilles, Achilles. Even I ain't got his broken finger. Like, all these are cry surgeries. This had two surgeries. But all together, five and a half, six years gone just from rehabbing. Yeah. Rehabbing. Most of my 20s, I'm 31. Most of my 20s uh, uh, was rehabbing. Just rehabbing, trying to get back to hoop. And then especially the ones that happen, like, say, if I get hurt in the middle of a season, I that when I'm able to clear to play again, I'm not ready by the next season start. Right. So I'm still rehabbing while everybody else is starting up. So, yeah, about five and a half, six years gone, just from injuries. So ACL, nine to 12, two times. Mm-hmm. Achilles is a year, right? Achilles is a year. But the, after the first Achilles, I tried to – I got a gig. Uh, so my agent was like, yo, I got a gig in Germany. So um, I'm speeding. I'm trying to hurry up and do everything. I'm rushing it. So um, then the Germany gig uh, fell through. So then he was like, yo, you can go to Australia or you can go to um, Republic of Georgia. Australia was like, they didn't want to rock with me because I played there before. They were like, hey, we didn't want to trust the injuries again. So then Republic of Georgia took me back. So I went over there literally after five months, five months after wow. tearing my Achilles. And that was my mistake. I, I take sure. that so hard on me. For sure. So how it wasn't fully healed, my healthy leg, I'm leaning on that leg for everything. Every cut and turn, the healthy leg. So all that wear and tear just kept adding up, kept adding up, and then that one finally snapped. So, mm. so yeah, so five, only five and a half months for one, but then the other one, nine and twelve months.
1: Man, so that's that's another lesson too, man. Don't come back. Don't, early.
0: man. Please, man, do not please. Come back If You're early. not ready. <laughs> do not do it. Do not do it, because you know I. And that's something I got to live with. Yeah, I was yeah. not ready, and it it set me back another year and a half.
1: Man, we what we call we call it back end, man. You
0: you, you see the front end money like
1: I can't miss that. You gonna miss a lot man, more on the back I, end if you get hurt again. Man,
0: listen, man. Hey, that's that's real stuff right there. <laughs> like yeah. uh I, I I I used to regret it, but it's like, you know, there's nothing I could do about it now. I just gotta yeah, move it's forward. Yeah. life. And yeah, you can but, tell the
1: next person. But, but I
0: came back from my ACL out there like seven months uh uh-huh. and I wish
1: I could have waited even longer. Right. And I didn't I I maxed out my rehab uh Times I could go. Uh-huh. I wish I could have more. Right. Like, I wish I had have one more month of rehab. I'll be killing. The
0: thing is, we be so
1: thirsty though. Be thirsty, to hoop. and you like, see, you see people getting to the money. Or if you're in college, you see people they getting better. They mm-hmm. getting oh, all conference.
0: She's like, man, he ain't even better than <sighs> me. Like he getting more loose than me. You and, real life, real and life. Then, and, and at one point, that's what I because uh, you know everybody social media. Well, I to say everybody, but people love social media being on the gram thing like that. So it, I knew. I, at one point, you know, I love Graham looking at, you know, people highlights, people basketball. So, it, at first, it was motivating. After my third injury, it got to the point I was like, man, heck no, he ain't better than me. How was he getting that? So, I started hating it. And no. once I started hating I was so like, I got to put my phone down. Gotta I can't be on the gram because it's like, it's literally, he didn't injure me. He didn't do this to me. I'm dealing with this. So, yeah. it, once I start getting angry and, and had animosity for things I shouldn't have, I was like, yeah, I got I to gotta backtrack and, and reclaim, get myself back together because it was like yeah, just man. anger.
1: So my last question is what I ask everybody: What does training slash working out mean to you?
0: It's who I am, man. You know, it's just who I am. That's literally, that's just my lifestyle. I don't even mm-hmm. look at it as a training. It's like I'm just going to have fun and sweat. Yeah, literally, yeah, just yeah. go sweat for the day. Like yeah. that's literally what I did. If I don't work out, train, I'm not. I'm not functioning. Mm-hmm. I can't sit still. I'm always. If I'm not even training, it's safe on an off day. I got to do something because mm-hmm. I can't sit still anymore. So yeah. that's just who I am. I that's what it means to me. It's who I am.
1: Yeah, man. Man, well, I appreciate you for coming through. Man, thank you. Your for story was me. man, your story was way more than I knew. And I I felt like I knew a lot, man. Yeah, but man. thank
0: hey, you. Say hey, this is a really good dude right here, man. I Y'all people that. don't really like he, he's doing what he's doing. And, you know, the podcast got this popping. This is really a solid dude, man, from the day I met him. Really yeah. solid, genuine dude, man. Like even from the workouts looking on the workouts like man call you come through man bring bring your homie bring the kids you train whatever it may whatever. be whatever solid dude <laughs> man all the good you know hold on to the genuine people in your life man for real man
1: yeah that's why I am i first of all i appreciate that a lot man mm-hmm. but that's why i try to do the things i do and i bring everybody else I, I brought on is solid mm-hmm. like every single one of y'all that i interview is solid man i always love working out with you because it's like we help each other out right man. You have brought me stuff and you kept me going at times where I was like, damn, man. You're like, man, come to the gym. Mm -hmm. Do this, do this. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's the same for me. It's like, I'm rooting you on like, man. It's, especially in LA, because it's a lot of oh, man. it's a lot of Boy. people putting each other down. It's a Boy. lot of homies hating on each Boy. other or don't want to see you more successful than them. Mm-hmm. It's like if Aubrey go get this money, I'm. It's like I'm there with him. If he yes. go wherever he go, I'm there with him because he go hit me up I'm like, man, this what we doing. This what we exactly. on. So mm-hmm. I definitely I appreciate that and I definitely cherish you, bro. Mm-hmm. Like and Vene know everybody know I root you on, bro. Mm-hmm. Like appreciate hard it. man, but. Yeah, like I said, your story is amazing. I learned a lot today. Mm. I mean, I'm sure it's going to motivate some people. It'll motivate me. I I just appreciate you for coming through, man. Uh, Hopefully, we got to get to a part two, man. Yeah, appreciate appreciate. it. more detail about overseas and all that stuff. So, thank you guys for watching. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. Um, Catch us next time.